Hi, this is Tiffany Ann for Dreams Recycle Podcast. And our guest today is Markham Pfeiffer, who's an educator and a single parent, single dad. Hi, Markham. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Tiffany? I'm fabulous. I'm glad you agreed to call my show. And I didn't even have to bully you very much. You just instantly agreed. So I'm very excited. Um, so... Obviously, Dreams Recycled is for both men and women and always has been. People are sometimes confused by this. They think because I'm a girl that it's only for girls and it is not. Um, but I do think there are different challenges that we face as a dad or as a mom or as a divorced male or a divorced woman. So I'm always excited to talk to men and hear your side of the story. So can you tell me a little bit about um, what happened after your divorce and how you recycled your life? Yeah, so... Um there was a point where I was, we were actually trying to make it work as, you know, going through counseling and everything. And then we got to a stop point where we decided divorce was the right move to go with. And I was still living in the house while we were going through a divorce. Oh, wow. Was, yeah. Um, that was really hard. And well, and a lot of people have to do that, right? So different yes. I mean, different Financially, goals. most people can't, can't handle it. Yeah. And split up a family and two incomes and all of a sudden poof, mm -hmm. like you start all over. So, um, I mean, that lasted a few months before, um, we hired lawyers and guardian litem and all a bunch of other stuff. But, um, there was a point there. I, I, I mean, I legitimately thought that I was losing my mind mm -hmm. by living in the guest room, going through divorce and then passing my kids, uh, rooms to go sit by myself in a room and contemplate my next move. Um, yeah. There was a point there for probably six weeks, I was getting like half an hour of sleep a night. Uh -huh. And I would black out to and from work, not remember working, not remember driving to work, not remember driving back. Like it was really bad. So eventually I moved out and then had to start from scratch. And um, the process of someone monitoring your life as the guardian litem had to do um, and try mm -hmm. to tell me that things weren't the way they were as far as being maybe a parent. Um, so then in turn, maybe question like, so how do you know, the constant question I had was how did I get to this point in my life? Mm. And then I started questioning um, the amount of regret I could put into my life and say, maybe, maybe I feel completely as, as a big failure because um, I couldn't get my family together so we can move on together. Mm. Well, and I think I think the word failure, I try and with my clients say don't use that word because it's such a negative word, but people do and it's very normal to feel like divorce is a failure, obviously, because it's the end of your marriage. But really, overall, it's just a very negative mindset to have about it because um, every divorcee I've ever spoken to they have tried their utmost to keep it together. I mean, you said you went to counseling. Most people do go to counseling. 87% of couples who go to counseling still end up divorced. Divorce is never anyone's first choice. It's really ultimately two people who just cannot be happy together and are living in misery together. And, and obviously their children are seeing that, choosing to move on separately. And um, I really think as a society, we need to kind of stop using that kind of phrase, failed marriage, because like you said, it makes you so depressed. I was the same thing. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. Um, 
it's just you just feel like everyone is judging you and society is looking at you and you had guardian uh, items you know breathing down your neck as well it's it's really not a good situation and it is hard to stay positive so how did you turn that around um i mean it's a, obviously it's a slow, slow process of um because it was a it was twofold, right? So I was, um, I gone through, I was going through a divorce and then I lost my job. Which so is ridiculously are, common. Did you know that? I didn't, but I, I can understand why. Cause you're, you're, you're not in the right mind frame to be immersing, immersing yourself around other people when mm. everything going on outside of that workplace is chaos. Yeah, and I think I think corporate the corporate world and workplaces really need a lot more divorce education and grief counseling. They need to have people, especially big companies, need to have, in my opinion, on-site divorce and grief counselors. Because it does. It, it is you people lose billion dollars of productivity every year companies do to divorce and grief. Because we're not you know, we're not robots. We can't sit at our office and our desk and pretend nothing's going on when your family's falling apart or God forbid you've lost a loved one. And, um, and I think that's something really important that we also need to work on. So, so what did, um, tell me some of the practical tips you did that kind of led you out of the darkness. I, I lean, I lean, because you know the the process of divorce, and and I have, which is the, I'm sure it's not a shocking statistic to you, because this is what you deal with on day to day basis. But I currently have, um, like twelve of my friends going through divorce. Yeah. All all my age, all have kids. Mm. A lot of them got married when they were like twenty one, had kids by twenty three, mm. and then they're they're trying to figure out, wait, okay, so this is broken, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know who I am outside of this, this realm of being married mm-hmm. or being a parent or being a parent and being married. Right. Mm-hmm. So then you have to start, you have to constantly start from scratch and start painting a new picture and reframing like everything that goes on in your life. So for me, it was, I leaned so heavily on my, on my family and friends. I mean, my brother and, um, and dad and mom called me every day to make sure I was okay. Mm. And I have friends like, I mean, that I would, again, in the process of th- thinking I was losing my mind, like would he- answer my call at three o'clock in the morning, make sure mm. I was okay. Mm. I mean, that's, I mean, you re- you realize really quickly who actually has your side and who's not going to pass judgment and understands this is unfortunately a part of life and a part of society as, as a whole today. So um, I just started reading like crazy on relationships and coping mechanisms and um, having going through divorce with kids and trust building. And I mean, I read thousands of pages on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, mean, I, I, could, I could probably write like 15 books right now based on how much research I did. For, yeah. for me, that's, that's how I settled my brain mm-hmm. was, okay, someone else is going through this. It's not just me mm-hmm. in the silo um, where no one else understands what I'm going through. Because it really does feel like that, doesn't it? I remember. And and even the very, very few divorce friends I actually had, 
I didn't feel comfortable talking to them because, you know, most of us kind of live in this facade where it all looks great and you don't really want people in your town and at your kids' preschool and your neighbors to really know everything that's going on. So you hide it and then it becomes more of a burden and it makes divorce worse for you. So, I mean, I'm really glad to hear you had such great friends and family helping you and supporting you because I think everybody needs that. And if you don't have that going through divorce, you need to find them. You need to make new friends. You need to, you know, kind of weave that core group of people who you can really trust really, really strongly around you because they will be the people who kind of see you through it. Yeah, there's a level of, like you said, um, a level of isolation you feel and a level of embarrassment because you're like, well, I can't be that person that's um, breaking up my family and then going to go go through divorce and be a single parent and everything goes with that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a level of, this is a lot of um, me talking to my dad because he's a certified coach too, is that um, him saying at some point you just have to figure out what is the new you. Mm-hmm. and work on that and yeah, because, move forward step by step no absolutely because as you said and i mean people who are in the unfortunate situation you were is not uncommon where you've lost your job and your family and so you're you suffering at the same time from two major identity losses because especially for men men are you know their identity is very strongly woven to their work and very strongly woven to their family. And you take both of those away at once. And it's no wonder, you know, men just as much as women crumble and, um, and, you know, have trouble coping, etc. And um, I think that men, unfortunately, don't reach out and ask for help as much as women do. And I, I really hope they would, you know, whether it's to me, you or whoever, because there is an awful lot of help out there. And um, you sound like you did most of it yourself, like I did. But they're really... Well, no, but, but I've also encouraged, like, my, my, my friend right now, actually, I got the, just got the phone from, like, an hour ago. He was on his way to his, his, his counselor, his therapist, um, to talk about the whole process. And he, he called me up, and we were talking about it. And I said, here's one thing I hardcore recommend is that you go find a counselor and be consistent about talking to that person. Mm-hmm. Don't just go one time and that, that be it. And all of a sudden we're, everything's well, and we're, we're back together. All the pieces are, you know, where this, where they should be. I said, what happens is that you get to the point of, you don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. And then you have to strengthen yourself to figure out who the new you is. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a bunch of reframing. That's a, that's a mindset shift. Um, that's a lot of things that go into that. And for me, it was the big thing about it was, it wasn't like, you know, my interactions with people, it was my interactions with my kids mm-hmm. and some of the things my son said in the beginning uh-huh. of this whole process uh-huh. that just completely, completely broke my heart and almost brought me to tears when, when I dropped them off. Mm-hmm. And at one point he said, um, this is probably two years ago. I was, I was on my way to, to drop him off. And he was like, dad, was the reason why um, you moved out was because there wasn't enough room for you. He's like, if, mm-hmm. if that's the case, then I could have like moved stuff out of my room and you could put stuff in there. And I'm like, Aww. like, 
I mean, my, my daughter, this is all she knows. Like, my daughter was a baby when we started the divorce process, uh-huh. right? So this is all she knows. She doesn't know any better. But my son, um, we they were together. The, yeah, the first four years of his life, we were together, right? Mm-hmm. So it was, he still brings up certain things, but luckily, I don't know if that's good or bad, but he has forgotten a lot more than he remembers, mm-hmm. right? So, like, he doesn't remember all the arguments and all the all the you know, the harshness and the toxicity. But he does remember sometimes where, hey, I remember when you took us to Disney and we had a great time. Like, yeah, we did have a great time. But it's hard to explain to, you know, he's now seven, so he understands a little more. But at the time, he was three and a half. Like, it's hard to explain to him, hey, um, this is how it is. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Like, we love you. Um, That's never going to change. And now you have two households. I love you. But to me, that's heartbreaking. And it was, that's the bigger, biggest thing that I always think about is that, I don't know, I feel at peace now Mm -hmm. going on October be three years since we signed the the papers. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel peace. I feel okay. Like, I feel like, okay, I'm finally stepping into my new role as a person that completely understands where where his life is supposed to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's a maturity well, thing. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's well, the fact it, that I'm almost 40. I'll be 40 next year. So, <laughs> Well, I think 40 is a big turning point. A lot of people get divorced around 40. Yes. Um, but I do think also it's a, it's a time. I mean, I think one of the things, one of the most unrealistic expectations people have when they get div- divorced is that they're going to get divorced and like three weeks later, their life is going to be perfect. Like everything in life, it takes work and it takes time, right? Right. That's why I see people and I work with people who are very frustrated that, you know, a year later, they're not in a relationship again and they're not in their dream job and they're not, you know, got their dream house or whatever. And I'm like, okay, if you've been married to somebody for a decade or multiple decades and it took you that long to program yourself to be that person, that husband, that wife, nobody in their right mind should expect it to be completely undone and you become a whole new person in, you know, a fraction of that time. That's, I, I think from, from, you know, everything I know, and I, I've taken a ton of psychology classes, probably 12 psychology classes right now, um, is that that's impossible. That there's, there's no way to um, be someone else when you've been one thing for so long, right? Yeah, there's so, no fix-it button, right? There isn't. No- Unfortunately, no. <laughs> it's a- yeah. If that was the case, we, we'd all like get divorced and like go next day and have a big party and we'd move on, right? But yeah. that's not the Although case a lot because of people do have divorce parties now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's Vegas, pa- there's Vegas packages you can buy yeah. for divorce parties. But, um, but you know what I'm saying, like that. There's you, you have to grieve what was. Correct. Mourn what could be, mm-hmm. and move on. Absolutely. But some people that takes a year some people that takes 10 years some people never get to that point where they feel like they're they're whole again well they don't let go right that's that is the missing piece in the most of the people i speak to it's an inability to let go of what was and so they hang on to it and then they don't realize that really they're just getting dragged at this point for you know whether it's a year two years four years ten years 
forbid, I've spoke to people who were in their like 12th, 15th year after divorce and still can't let it go. And that's a, a great, great, a great example is um, my girlfriend's friend got remarried and he got, his parents got divorced when he was 15. He's now 44. Mm-hmm. So that's almost 30 years. Right. And his mom at the wedding still was running her mouth about his dad 30 years later. Yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, like they're both remarried. Like they're both like gone separate ways. They live on the opposite ends of the country and they're still like, can't mm-hmm. be in the same room together. Well, that's an awful lot of negative energy and wasted energy. Wasted. Yes. That's, that's it. Um, I always tell people that you have to get to the point where whatever the other person is doing is not bothering you mm. because that's on them. Mm. What's on you is you dictating your motion to actually be happy and positive and go through what, whatever you need to go through to pick up the pieces and keep moving. Mm. That's why I say like, you know, I, I'm always moving forward. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. only responsible for your end of the equation. And I think yes, people, people lose sight of divorce means a permanent severance of the two people. So they've been permanently removed from your life. It's only you that hold them into your life with that kind of negative behavior. Um, so, so that definitely is something that a lot of people need help working on. So as Most a, people. yeah, no, cause it yeah. is, it is difficult. It is difficult. Um, so as a single dad, what kind mm-hmm. of new traditions or ways, um, do you parent now differently? Because I think that, you know, when we're a kind of family unit and you have, you know, the family holiday, the family Christmas, the family, whatever you celebrate, right. Or mm-hmm. birthday parties or whatever. I think when you separate and finally get divorced, that it's really important for children to know that, you know, obviously, like you said, you have two houses, households, both still filled with love, etc. but that you also have two households that have their own version of everything. So have you come up with any um, kind of cool things that you can do um, with your children? Well, I, what I, what I try to do is, and I've actually just recently done this because my kids like to bicker and fight with each other. Because, what? Children you know, who like to fight? Who has those? Yeah. Um, <laughs> my, my, my daughter is um, super stubborn uh-huh. and defiant and independent and really, really intelligent. Mm-hmm. But she gets frustrated. So then it's always constant bickering, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I always try to do now, and this is just recent, is that I'm like, you know, I'm going to make sure that even within, like I say, it's my weekend, that I'm spending time with them individually and then them together. So yeah. they know that, hey, we, we are one, one entity, one group here, but you're not, I'm not disregarding the fact that you're individuals and that you're unique and that, you know, you have your own thought process and what's going on. And um, I've tried really hard to take a step back and understand their perspective. And like you say, and create new traditions. So um, they're just, we, we, we go downstairs in my basement, it's a finished basement. And like we wrestle as a whole. And <laughs> I, I get these, you know, these big balls and like 
we just blast them into the into the toys and the walls, and we go mm-hmm. crazy those big and we act silly. Yeah, so um, we just go crazy with that, and it's like the small things. Um, it is the small things. You know, when I speak to, sometimes people ask me to speak to their children or I've spoken to children of divorce and they say, really, it is the small things. Like I said, it's listening to your individual child's needs. Not every child is the same. Even two children in the same family can be completely different and their needs can be completely different after a divorce. And so it's nice. And I think sometimes we don't give our kids enough credit for being able to voice what they need. But it's just really good idea to, you know, take the time to listen to what your children are saying and adapt. And it doesn't all have to be the same. You can do one set of things for one kid, one set of things for another kid, because, you know, the way that they um, express themselves and the needs they have can be very different. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is that, um, yeah, I guess that helps that I have an undergrad degree in early child education. So I know child development and the stages and what to look out for. But I think it's easier to look out for in other people's kids. And mm-hmm. then in my own, I'm like, oh, I miss the fact that, you know, my daughter is at a certain stage and she's still being independent. And um, she, she had this brilliant saying, and I'm actually um, working with my parents on writing a, a children's book around it. Um, she said out of the blue, she said, dad, listen to this. And she's four, mind you, four. Mm-hmm. She just turned four. She just turned four in April. Not like she's a late four. She just turned four in April. Mm-hmm. She said, um, "Tomorrow is um, what she say. Tomorrow, yeah, that's great." She said, "Tomorrow is every night in my dreams." Aww. Right. So I told my dad and my mom, and they're like that's a brilliant idea for a book. Uh-huh. So my parent, I mean, my kids, because it's in our blood, my mom's an artist and my family on both sides are artists. Um, oh. They love pain and color and make um, uh-huh. stuff. So I have a whole stack of um, pictures that my daughter made that are on my refrigerator and I'm going to send them to my mom and she's going to create um, pages for this children's book using my daughter's artwork. Oh, that sounds fabulous. And I'm sure. Well, that's something that, that she can hold on to forever. Yeah, right? absolutely. Because, I mean, that's think about that. Tomorrow is every night in my dreams. Like what four-year-old says that? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so insightful and so aware of what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. No, she sounds like, like a great kid. Um, so, okay. So we're getting to the point we have to wrap up. So okay. do you feel... Um, hopeful I guess is the word like when did you start to feel hopeful because I think that is the mind shift that happens to all divorcees so um when you go from feeling like you said like you can't sleep more than half an hour and you're not sure what's going to happen and it's kind of the end of everything kind of when did you go through the shift to really feel like there was hope for a better life and a better um version of everything um, when, when, once I started understanding the routine of, I guess the that nothing nothing is guaranteed, right? And then oh, absolutely, right. So I have I have my kids two nights a week and every other weekend. That's consistent, but it's never the, on the in the weekdays. It's never the same days because 
um, work schedules are what they are. So, um, but I know that I'm going to see my kids every week. Right. And I know that they're going to come in and smile and give me a big hug. And I'm thinking at the end of the day, like I can say what I want to say about my marriage and everything else. That doesn't matter. What I have are two amazing kids that love me and they want the best for me as I do for them. So that gives me hope. That allows me to wake up every day and say, I'm good with my life. I'm showing and modeling to my kids that you can be happy despite the chaos around you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's an important lesson for everyone to learn, no matter how old or young you are, that life does go on and that really happiness is a choice, right? It's a choice and a gratitude level. And you choose to be grateful for your children. I'm ridiculously grateful for my children, even my cats and dog. <laughs> like, well, those are your kids too, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and we move on from there. But thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I really appreciate it. Um, where can people find you? So I'm, I'm big um, into posting on LinkedIn. So do you, you follow my name, M-A-R-C-H-E-M-B-F. E-I-F-F-E-R, you'll find me on LinkedIn. Um, you can read some of the posts. I, and most of it follows around mindset and reframing of um, the being, and being present in the moment. So um, you can find me on LinkedIn and then eventually find me other places, but I'll link it all back together on LinkedIn. So, Okay, well, awesome. Thank you so much, Markham. And You're have a great well. night. And thank you. you